Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. And if there's a particular guest or topic you'd like to hear from, we're always checking your feedback on there and then love to be able to take your suggestions and then work them into future episodes. Today, I'm going to be joined by a truck owner. He has one of the coolest swaps I've ever seen. It's a 2016 Super Duty that is running a 7.3 Power Stroke with a ZF6 manual transmission. And there's so many fine details tails in this truck we wanted to have them on the podcast and chat about it so i'm definitely looking forward to it before we get to it though i want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors dmax store we had an episode with them earlier in the year talking about problems and fixes for lb7s all the way up to l5p so you own one of those trucks, maybe you just picked one up, maybe you're the original owner, but you're looking to do either some upgrades or just maintain it, make it run the way that you want, definitely make sure and head on over to dmaxstore.com, check out what they have, and then if you have questions, chat with them about your build. They love to talk Duramax trucks, their wealth of knowledge over there, and uh, they can definitely make sure you get your truck running the way that you want to. All right, let's get to today's podcast, talking about this one-of-a-kind 7.3-liter Power Stroke swap. Ben, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today because I've never seen or heard about a truck like you have, and it was awesome when you tagged us on Instagram, and I look forward to hearing the story behind it because it's so unique, so cool, and I love talking about one-of-one custom trucks, so this is going to be awesome. Excellent. I'm looking forward to uh, going through it with you. Yeah, it was, you know, I saw I saw the picture of the truck and I've seen tons of like the 11 to 16 style Ford super duties out there. And then I started to see like the the captions and the hashtags and then the things you were saying about it. And I don't want to steal the thunder about what you did to it, but tell me about, (laughs) tell me about the truck. Tell me where it started in the idea to do what you did. So the truck is a 2016 F250 single cab long bed, two-wheel drive, which in and of itself sounds plain, simple, and as bare bones about as it gets. But that was the general intent behind the whole build itself. Um, Back in 2015, I was in an accident with the truck that was the donor for the drivetrain. Uh, I had someone turn in front of me at the last minute. Long story short, truck rolls on its passenger side and slides for 100 yards. I open the back sliding window, and I crawl out the back window. And basically, that was the only piece of glass in the truck that was intact. I was standing on the side of the road waiting to talk to the officer after he showed up. And the concept for building what I call the Vengeful One pickup uh, was created. 
Um, fast forward to starting putting everything together. It was August of 2016, and uh, I was working for a 3,000-plus-acre farm, managed to take two weeks off of work, uh, not consecutive, but with a week of work split between, and that was kind of when the whole teardown of everything went into process, and um, I actually built this entire truck in my driveway. I have a single car garage and all of the tools and fabrication stuff is in the garage. I couldn't fit the pickup in the garage if I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's going to touch on so many parts that really appeal to truck enthusiasts because they like to work on trucks themselves. They're passionate about it. There's a kind of a peace and a sense of accomplishment just to go out in the garage or the driveway and just work on something that's yours. But taking what you did and putting it into this truck, that's where like the whole conversation is really just going to be, I've never heard of this before. So tell me about the engine, the transmission that you took from the donor truck and what you did on the 2016. So the donor truck was a 2000 F250 two wheel drive, seven, three power stroke and zf6 manual uh since it was a 2000 it came with the factory forged rods which pretty much gave me the uh green light to within reason throw everything i had at it that i kind of wanted to to make a reliable streetable street and drag truck out of it and and, uh ended up i already had a cab already had a chassis to start to, to start with, thanks to a very good friend of mine that deals in takeoff parts uh, locally. And my idea was I wanted to do in a pickup what the semi-truck community has been doing for, well, since emissions started in 2007. I wanted to do a glider kit. Basically, you take a new body, and new frame and you shove old non-emissions drivetrain inside all the while it not looking like it that that is there's so many people who tell me all the time they would love to take like a brand new truck and have some older diesel engine that they you know they really like whether it was an ob7 or a 12 valve or the 7.3 and be able to have kind of both worlds where you have the creature comforts, the nice interiors, the exterior styling that you like, but you have that reliable, simpler, just diesel engine. And I was curious because I've seen conversions over the years. Most of the time it's a Cummins going into a super duty. I know that kind of has its whole, the whole market by itself. What about the seven, three? Like, have you always been a seven, three guy? Have you always loved that engine and, you just wanted to take that and put it in this 2016 that's a bit newer and just make it exactly how you wanted it? I I started with uh, a, an 0173 crew cab. Um, back in Easter of 06, I purchased that truck, and that truck turned me into a 73 guru. And I like the simplicity. I was already kind of committed to the 7.3 and knew enough that 
I was comfortable with a powertrain that I would pretty much tear it down to. I could. I felt like I could tear it down to a bare block, start from scratch, and um, be comfortable with it without involving anyone else. Um, I I've kind of always had the attitude of I like to do things myself because I'm very high detail oriented and. If I didn't need to involve anyone else in what I was doing, that was kind of my goal. It's, I, it sounds ridiculous, but it's kind of a doomsday mentality of I don't trust anyone at all except myself. And if I'm not the one putting it together, I have questions. Yeah, I can identify with that. I do that with some things where in the past I used to pay to have something done and I'd get it back and say it's scratched or it's not quite exactly where I wanted it to be. So I it's like, I'm going to learn how to do this myself because if it's not right, I just go stand in the mirror and look at the guy who did it. And then I could learn, you know, and I think with a truck, they're so complex. There's so many components. And I, when I was on your Instagram and I saw the truck pictures, it took me a little bit to kind of process it because I'd never seen it. But there was something yep. you wrote in one of the captions that really captured me. And I wanted to chat with you about this during the build itself. You said something to the effect that you wanted it to look like it came from the factory that way. And I'm very detailed and I love seeing, I find beauty in the details, whether it's an engine build, turbo setup, trucks. I always focus on the small things because I know somebody invested so much time into that. It separates it from all the other vehicles on the road. What was it like putting a 7.3 with a ZF6 into this truck and trying to make it look factory, trying to make it look like that's how Ford shipped them out. So the, the general intent, I've always liked the sleeper look and I've always felt like when you see a heavily built truck, no matter what it is, uh, any brand Ram Ford GM, it's easier to build ridiculous and look ridiculous. And by ridiculous, I don't mean that it looks stupid. It just, you're, you're pushing the boundaries of what you can do because that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I, it, it almost, it feels like to me that when you're trying to build with a stock appearing intent, it's difficult, which I guess I like the challenge. And I always, I've always been very true to the Ford camp. Um, Ford doesn't do everything right. Um, I'll let I'll let the opinions out there to to be what it is. But the things Ford does right, I like to try to stay true to that. And um, I always liked uh, the SVT, the, the Ford Special Vehicle Team stuff, and that was kind of the route I was going for. And I since SVT got lumped into the Ford performance camp, uh, there's a heavy Ford performance vibe in, in the pickup. And that was kind of what I was, what I was going for. And I mean, there's a lot of fabrication involved with just getting the manual transmission to fit and jive in the cab. That was the biggest hurdle of it. And then the, other hurdle was motor mounts and how do you get all the electronics to work now that being said when i was putting this truck together 
no one was doing what they're doing now to get the 7-3 to communicate with the 11-16 to dash and cluster and all of that. And in hindsight, even if that was available, I still wouldn't have done it. Um, I, I kind of like the combination that I put together. It's the, basically the entire truck outside is 2016. The interior is 2007 Lariat with the wood grain. And then the general electronic side of it is still that 2000 format. Um, and my main goal for that was the 7.3 cluster fits into the uh, 07 dash relatively easily with some little quirks and things that here and there. Um, my main my main hurdle with the interior, other than getting the transmission hump to jive, was believe it or not the radio because I was <laughs> dead set on having the factor a factory six disc from the sole standpoint of I could have spent my money that I had spent on having this six disc repaired and gone through I could have gotten a very nice aftermarket head unit but it wouldn't have done what I wanted it to do it wouldn't have given that factory appearing look it would not have checked all the boxes that i was looking for and that's some of the details that people don't really notice unless you look see the truck in person or or look at it in 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 photos there's not much i haven't really shot much interior photos of it which i actually need to get better at doing but uh that's kind of the general idea i had and I wanted to parlay as much uh, Ford performance side of things into it versus the diesel performance side of things. It was kind of the 11 to 16 trucks. Ford was starting to get involved with the aftermarket turbo and stuff through through Ford performance parts. But prior, they weren't involved. Of things, so I kind of wanted to bridge that gap between, say, the Mustang crowd and uh, and, and the diesel pickup world. There's a couple. It's this is so cool to chat about that I find myself having to pause a little bit because I want to ask you so many questions. One of them was, what was harder doing, you know, getting the engine in there or the transmission? Because I think of a ZF6 in a 11 to 16, and I thought that's going to be a major challenge. Uh, to get that, maybe we start there, and then I'll ask you the other question that I had. But how intense was that? Um, well, so this is where I think building it in a driveway actually helped the cause, because I mean, I'm in the Northeast. You you deal with winter, you deal with rain, you deal with thunderstorms that pop up. Uh, weather kind of forced me to have that uh, what I call decompression time of sitting on the couch trying to figure out how to make everything work sitting there with a pad and paper to design and figure out how you're going to fabricate and make everything jive um I, I guess you could say I I looked at engine and transmission fitment as a unit 
not as how do I fit one then get the other. I looked at it almost as more of a big picture than a let's tackle this one step at a time. Um, the 11 to 16 cabs are not very far off as far as structure from the 99 and up cabs. They, other than firewall and the whole front clip structure, the 11 to 16 cabs are very similar. So the floor, the floor molding, the roof molding, all of that is pretty much the same. So basically what I ended up doing for the transmission side of it was you basically cut out the, the hump in the floor of the cab out of the wrecked truck and then proceeded to cut a slightly smaller hole in the new cab. And then you just kind of marry all of that together um, and, and kind of go from there. But as far as engine, it was, it, I knew what the general location needed to be just pulling off, off of, off of measurements. Um, it, it, for me, it didn't seem hard for the average person that may not be used to fabricating or whatever. It's probably, it was, it probably would have been a very daunting and overwhelming task. Um, I kind of come from a, I originally came from a woodworking background when I was in high school and uh, graduated into metal fab and things like that and have always kind of been a visual person. So drawing things out and working through it kind of as you go and having the life gives you lemons, let's make lemonade attitude just <laughs> kind of goes, it, it's all right, how can we conquer this problem? And then when the next one arises, we'll deal with that when it comes. What would you say is the biggest challenge you had in doing the whole truck? Um, knowing when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and to, to give an example of it was when you're sitting on the couch and you're thinking about, okay, I have this truck in pieces, the motor's out. What can I do to it that I have the opportunity while everything's apart to kind of eliminate the option or necessity to have to tear it apart again? Um, I'm a firm believer in I don't like to touch things twice. It's I do it, try to do it right the first time and take care of all the gremlins in one in one shot um i was terrified my drivetrain has when i was doing all this the drivetrain had roughly 225 on it so i had a laundry list of things that i knew i wanted to take care of while everything was apart and basically Everything that I did performance-wise wasn't necessarily just as a performance benefit. It was a uh, kind of a more of a longevity thing and reliability deal. Um, I was terrified of losing drive pressure to the turbo uh, as because that's the biggest pain in the butt after everything's together to do. 
And so I ended up going the route of stainless headers and stainless bellowed up pipes for the sole standpoint of not wanting to have to deal with a pro a, a drive pressure issue down the road and have to take the cab off again, go through all of this and worry about messing paint up, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I, I dove down the rabbit hole so many times and thankfully I have a very patient wife who understood the process, even though she isn't fully into the whole diesel pickup side of things. She understood that I kind of knew what I was doing and where I was going because I had already done some reliability things with my other 7.3, knew that I kind of knew where I was going with it and what a, a solid path would be. And I mean, like I said, that was, that was my main goal with building a street truck that you could drag race, have fun with, and, but not try to make absolutely ridiculous power numbers. I was more shooting for the reliability and the rarity side of things versus the let's build something crazy and try to make a thousand horsepower out of a seven, three. <laughs> yeah. That, that rarity part really it resonates with me i think as if, if you're an enthusiast of anything or something's you know you're real passionate about a hobby and you do you say it's you know trucks and you have a handful of them over the years and you've done the crazy horsepower builds you've done the you know reliability builds you've been everywhere in between i think naturally you start to think of how can i have something different that no one else is going to have seen before or anything like that and there's so many parts of your build that hit on this for me. Um, you had mentioned a little bit ago wanting to have it seem or taking on more of a Ford performance sort of aspect to it. And that immediately made me think of brands and brand loyalty. And it's so interesting because growing up as a kid, my dad was a Ford guy. That's all he had. Um, diesel trucks, whatever it was, it was Ford. And if I showed up with, you know, a, a Ram or a Silverado, it was don't park in my driveway because it's going to leak oil and I'm tired of the oil spots. I'm like, it doesn't leak oil. He's, you know, it's giving me a hard time. <laughs> right. But there it's really interesting that the brand loyalty side of it to me, because I think in building this truck that stands out to me, like you wanted it to look a certain way. You wanted it to look like it was a factory build. You paid attention all the way down to the, the six to CD changer, keeping that in there because that's how Ford would have you know, done it in, you know, a certain year range. I know you go to a lot of events, a lot of different shows. What do the Ford guys tell you? Like when, when they see it or they chat with you a little bit, I bet they really appreciate those, those smaller details that you put into this build because they're Ford enthusiasts, uh, Ford enthusiasts themselves. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, the biggest show that I go to is Carlisle Ford Nationals uh, in Carlisle, PA. And what, what initially started this whole process was I, 
the the general intent with building the truck was I wanted to go to Ford Carlisle and bring home hardware. That was the intent. And that was kind of that was kind of my attitude towards it and the the response at that show being an all Ford event is incredible. It doesn't matter how many it's been five years since I've that I've been going to it with this truck and the overall response is every bit of the same every year in that new people see the truck. Um, I actually had two guys in their early 20s that were from New England area. I want to say New Hampshire or, or uh, Massachusetts area that came up to me two years ago at, at Carlisle. And the first words out of their mouths to me upon meeting me and seeing the truck in person was this truck is the reason why we came because they had uh, two friends of theirs that had also come in the, the prior year and saw the truck and they knew they, they, they went home and told them about this truck, which it kind of blew me away because it, it it's so rare that you have someone that's willing to hop in the car and drive from Massachusetts to Southern Pennsylvania <laughs> just to go look at a pickup truck that doesn't even look ridiculously modified. And it, it, I think it speaks to what Ford Carlisle uh, brings to the table. Um, and Overall, when I go to places, when I go to shows, and I've gone out to Ohio to the National Mustang Racers Association event when they were still hosting it in Hebron, um, that was actually the debut for the truck, was out there in 2018, in June. And the overall response from the Ford camp is, you've built something that every single diehard Ford guy or girl wants this is what ford wouldn't give us and you did it yeah it's that's what that's what captivated me we could take any of the brands like i'm i'm more of a cummins guy right but if i could go buy a 2023 with a common rail in it the wait list for that would be so long same thing with a duramax that's what enthusiasts would love to have is the combination of better technology newer styling the dependability of the older motors and in your case the transmission as well and that's a whole other topic of manuals and diesels and how they're not there anymore and people love them and they want them but you took all these things that people want i could see why people would drive and want to see that that's you know chatting with you today i was super excited when we you know set the time to chat because that is the one thing i've learned in doing these podcasts and chatting with people that's what they love. That's what they want. There's always a story of an older platform or a truck or something and being able to combine it with the new and we're never going to get it from the OEMs. And I think we'd like to dream a little bit. Like I don't have the capability to do what you did. There's not a lot of people that do. So we want to see it. We want to see how you put it together. We want to, you know, look at all the details. I'm sure in the engine bay, there's tons of them with um, you know, the cowling and the wiring and everything you put together that looks like it literally just rolled out of the Ford assembly plant. It, it, when I pop the hood, it's clean, 
But every, I mean, let's be honest, everything that rolls out of an assembly plant, no matter what manufacturer puts it out, it's not perfect. So there was a limit to how particular you get with under the hood. But basically what I tied in to, to, to go back to uh, kind of paying homage to the Ford brand themselves, one of the most iconic colors that Ford had back in the 60s and 70s was Grabber Blue. And that was what I ended up picking as my accent color. When I pop the hood, you see Grabber Blue accents basically throughout. And that was kind of that was kind of my little hidden gem part of it that unless you see the truck with the hood popped, you don't know it's there. Um, now, that being said, since January of 23, um, I actually had the truck hand pinstriped by a good friend of mine who also goes to shows with me and part of my main reason for having the pinstriping done was you don't see newer trucks get pinstriped and the pinstriping is more of an old school trucking side of things. And it kind of brought my trucking uh, background into it. I mean, as we're talking, I'm actually currently in an 08 Peterbilt right now going down the road. Um, I kind of wanted to tie in my background more into the truck and tying in a dying art into something that harkens back to the older drivetrain. I think it just, it, it all fit together very well. With the details, how far did you go with the details? I, I imagine you probably went as far as you could take it with paint, accents, new hardware, um, everything. But I'm just curious, how, how far did it go with the details, you know, in the interior, in the exterior, and parts and, and hardware that you might have used um, just in, you know, the, the build overall? So in the interior... Uh, I actually have a one-off pair of stainless door sills from a gentleman that is out in California that does a lot of OBS Ford stuff, and he's starting to get into the older Chevy uh, C10 stuff. But I saw his, his sills for the OBS, and I saw he made a prototype set for one of the super duties he has. And I said, I need to have a pair of these. Um, and I told him about the truck. And after I told him about the truck, he goes, all right, next time I make a run, he goes, I'll make you a pair. He goes, I can't promise you timeline, but uh, I I'll do it. And the, the detail extent on the, just the custom sills, um, the sills actually have a Ford, original Ford low, uh, oval. It's actually a grill emblem off of the 11 to 14 Ford Edge. Um, those are actually mounted permanently to those door sills. And then um, the leather seats in the cab are still the original Lariat covers. Um, the 
aftermarket gauges are all autometer factory match. Everything was color matched to the medium pebble 07 uh, tan interior. Um, every inch of the cab, other than the roof, I sound deadened. And that includes the back panel, uh, behind the back panel on the back wall. And the only reason I even had the insight to sound deaden the inside of the back wall was in my crew cab, the exhaust exits out in front of the rear tire, um, no muffler, standard four inch exhaust, turbo back. And this truck, I wanted to have the same, uh, the same exact style as that, because that's how the, original uh light second gen lightnings were that's where their exhaust exited so i wanted to kind of pull from the the svt lightning camp in the exhaust and basically that exhaust exiting in that location caused a resonating between the cab and the bed long story short with the sound deadening you don't get any resonation between the cab and bed anymore and that solved that issue, which call it luck, call it fate, it worked. <laughs> but that it that's the kind of stuff that you don't really see unless you know it's there. And that was kind of that that was kind of how I went with the interior. Now with the exterior, uh, um, just the detail and the pinstriping work. I basically told my pinstriper this is where i would like you to do things you're the artist i'm kind of gonna let you pick what the design of what you put on is but here's where i want you to do things to the point of um anyone can go out and buy vinyl inlay for the super duty letters on the grill and the tailgate i like the look of that but i wanted to do something different I actually had him outline the letters. So the grabber blue makes the white, the Oxford white pop. And that was kind of what my whole goal was. And then I don't know how many trucks you've seen at shows that uh, usually have everything open as in doors, tailgate, etc., hood, etc. Uh, I take it one step further and I open my fuel door. Um, and the reasoning behind that is when you open my fuel door, you will see hand lettering inside the, on the actual inside of the door itself that says diesel fuel only, <laughs> rightfully so. And then there's a block off plate on the deaf hole. And this is where I add my little quirk to it. Uh, on the deaf cover plate, it says, what deaf? <laughs> Just my little poke. I, I guess you could say my little poke at the EPA or, 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 or just me being, being a uh, sarcastic person. But it, I thought it needed to have something in there. And that was what I was going for. I like to showcase cleanliness. When I go to shows, I, 
I very much hone in on the cleanliness factor because anyone can go to a show and show off any vehicle, but if it's not clean or cleanly put together, you're not going to necessarily excel in the car or truck show world. Um, and that was kind of that was kind of where where my general attitude was an overall cleanliness of the whole build itself um, as far as detail it, it everything had to jive together and make it make sense that it was supposed to be like that how long did the build take from start to finish so i started in august of 2016 and i finished it would have been the second week of June of 2018. So it was a little over a year and eight months. And do you daily drive the truck when you're not? I do not. not I, I, <laughs> I do not daily drive it. I call it my twice a weeker. <laughs> um, <laughs> I usually, I usually take it out twice a week, once or twice a week here and there. Um, it is an absolute blast to drive and. I I've gained a uh, a reputation for when I go to shows. Uh, when I roll in, anyone that's familiar with the the uh, ZF6 transmission knows about low gear and just how low it is. Um, I when I'm around crowded areas, I don't like to go fast, but I want you to hear what I did. <laughs> so. <laughs> I always choose low and let the motor talk for itself. <laughs> <laughs> the keeping the truck clean. That, that was another thing I thought of with all the time, the effort, the design, the blood, sweat, and tears you put into it is keeping it clean. Is it something I doubt you drive it in the winter time, right? I do not drive it in the winter time. Um, I actually, well, ironically, you, as I say, I do not drive it in the wintertime. Um, I actually drove it last winter because the uh, our, our winter in PA was not near as bad as what uh, it, it's been in prior years. And uh, I actually went and picked my son, who's who at the time was not even one. I went and picked him up from daycare the one day in it over the winter. In, I want to say it was in February. And uh, just to take the truck out and have a good time with it. And it was the first time he had ever actually been in the truck and he absolutely loved it. And uh, I, I won't take it out unless I know there is no road salt anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I've put way too much time into it to uh, have the uh, good old Pennsylvania road salt go uh, chew it up and spit it out again. It's such a cool build. And it, I said, when, when I looked at your Instagram page and I was reading through a lot of the work that you did and, and different things, it just, it totally grabbed my attention. And I know a lot of our listeners, they love builds like this. They're going to want to know more. How can they find you on social media, learn more about the truck, maybe ask you some questions. Maybe they're thinking of doing something like this with, you know, a, another Ford Super Duty, or they're just really curious about it. How can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, Mauer, M-A-U-R-E-R, -E underscore 7.3, underscore racing. 
and I am more than happy to answer questions. Um, there are certain parts of it that I won't divulge all the uh, little intricacies of, but I uh, would be more than willing to help out uh, if someone's wanting to try to come up with something that uh, would 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 be uh, along the same lines as this. And I also uh, I actually acquired another uh, unique Ford product here within the last year that uh, I'm sure you saw uh, on the Instagram page. It's an 86 Ford C7000 tilt cab cab over uh, that ironically has 20,000 miles on and no rust that I actually started pulling the pickup to shows with and showing both. <laughs> um, but I, I, I like the antique side of things too. And um, I kind of want to, I guess my, my grand scheme here is to bring new truck and old truck world together is kind of, kind of my whole attitude towards it. And um, I think, Acquiring the cab over brings more attention to the pickup and the pickup being pulled by the cab over brings more attention to the whole unit as a whole. Well, it was really cool chatting with you and I appreciate you letting us chat and, and talk about the build. It's something I encourage people to go over on Instagram, check it out. It's, it's so cool. And I love to hear about builds like this, no matter the brand it is, it's just the story behind it, the details. That's where I get to go on a journey myself, just being a fan and just, wanting to ask a ton of questions and, and know more about different aspects of it. So I appreciate you, um, you know, taking time to chat with me, talking about the truck and keep us updated on any you know, future builds you might do or any changes, um, anything like that. It's a really unique truck and I can definitely appreciate all the time and effort you put into it. At, uh, at some point here, we will have to talk about the cab over because, uh, it, uh, it's a work in progress currently, but, uh, there's more to come on that. <laughs> Perfect. Right there, Ben, I'll have that be the end when we head on over to dmaxstore.com and check out all the different products that they have to maintain your truck, do some upgrades, make it run the way that you want. We did an episode with them earlier in the year and had a great time chatting with them about common issues that each model can have and then also fixes for them. And one of the things you know, after that episode I walked away from was just – really appreciating how passionate they are about Duramax engines and the trucks, making sure that people who contact them, their customers get the truck running the way they want. So head on over to dmaxstore.com, check them out. If you have questions, hit them up, let them know, and they'd be happy to help you. I also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23 Diesel, J. Cole, John, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube and podcast apps, follow us on social media. We appreciate all your support here in year seven of the Diesel Podcast and look forward to bringing you guys more of the content you want to hear in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.